discussion boards, podcasts, green screens, and blogs. We all have our favorite ways of helping students make their thinking visible. Thanks for listening in to the Teach Fest podcast, where we explore our successes and sometimes our failures with EdTech in the classroom. Each week, we will toss about ideas and share what we are learning as we work towards our goal of reaching every child, every day, in every way. Welcome to the Teach Fest podcast, episode three. Today, I am joined by Rachel Rivera, Brighton High School technology mentor and one of our leading ed tech integrators. Thanks for taking time out to talk today, Rachel. Thanks for having me. So Rachel, you recently completed the ISTE certification process and have been recognized by ISTE as an innovator in the classroom and as a mentor for others in Brighton. As a certified ISTE educator, you joined a distinguished community of educators from around the world who share your commitment to lifelong learning and a passion for engaging students in active, authentic learning. I know a lot of our colleagues would love to learn more about the certification process that you went through and what you learned uh, going through that process of becoming an ISTE certified educator. So that's what our topic is for today. So Rachel, why don't we start off? How did you learn about the ISTE certification? Where did this come from? Um, I actually learned about the certification from a former colleague who was signed up and she asked me to do it with her. And so I actually kind of signed up without really knowing exactly what it was or what it was all about. But once I looked into it, I thought it was a really interesting opportunity and I was excited to try it out and uh, kind of find a new way to look at, at how I teach. That's fantastic. So what was this process like? How long did it take to complete and Uh, what kinds of things did you have to do along the way? So at the time I completed first a two day in-person training, although I think it's now all completely online since um, everything happened with COVID. After the two day training, there was a 12 week online course. So during that course, there were lessons, you would watch videos, you would answer questions, and then you would have discussions and get feedback on ideas for teaching from the people who were in your two-day in-person cohort. So the process happened where you met those people, you spent two days with them, and then you spent 12 weeks in an online course with them, completing the work, seeing what they were doing, getting feedback on what you were doing. And once you completed the course, you get six months to complete a portfolio. And the portfolio is evidence of the different things that you do in your classroom in order to meet all of the ISTE standards. So it sounds like it's a pretty collaborative process in using that cohort model. Were there people from other districts that were uh, involved or anybody else from Brighton? So there was no one else from Brighton at the time, although my instructor was Doreen. And so I had that connection. Um, However, there were instructors from all over New York State. And it was an interesting group to be with because it was K through 12 teachers. There were a couple of higher ed teachers. There were also um, technology mentors. So people whose only job was to help with technology. It was a really diverse group with a whole bunch of different ideas. And there were many different subject areas. So everyone came from different subject areas with their own ideas and perspectives and thoughts. So it was a great way to really see all sides of how technology works in every facet of education right now. It sounds like you really uh, had the opportunity to build a nice network as well. I did. 
I was able to also during the portfolio process, um, keep in touch with a lot of those people. And the network was a nice way to run ideas back and forth with the ISTE certification process. And they are still people where I follow them on Twitter or I'm able to send them an email when I have a question or a thought. And I still have that community to support me with everyday teaching now that I'm done with my portfolio. That sounds fantastic. So it sounds like it's really, uh, you you reach the goal of certification, but you also are continuing to learn with that same group of people. Absolutely. So how did this process of becoming an ISTE certified educator impact your classroom practices? This was an interesting process uh, because I already used technology in the classroom, but the ISTE certification process really gave a new lens to how I looked at technology. The ISTE standards didn't force you to throw away everything that you were doing and start fresh. It didn't say like, you know, you're totally wrong. Here's what you should be doing. Instead, it had you take a look at what you were already doing and stick a new lens on it. Look at it from a different perspective. There's a lot of focus on empowering the students, making sure the students are the focus of what's happening and making sure that students are starting to have power over their knowledge. So they're able to find information. They're able to determine if the information they're finding is relevant, and then they're able to take that information and create their own meaning out of what you're trying to teach. And I really liked that idea, especially in language where the teacher really is responsible for telling the students, you you hold all the information at the beginning, you're the only one who can speak the language and you're trying to disseminate that out. And so empowering the students to use the internet in a responsible way and use technology in a responsible way to kind of take control of their learning is a really nice way to look at information. And it's a really great way to use technology. So it sounds like there's really two major focuses of the process of being certified. One is to really mine your your current use of technology and maybe add to that. Uh, But also the real big focus I think you've talked about here is making sure that you're creating that student-centered student uh, empowering type of learning environment for your kids while they're using technology and other strategies along the way as well. Yes, absolutely. We were able to um, take a look at um, enhancing lessons that I had already taught, um, making sure that students could take a look at, at, you know, I would say, okay, today we're going to be working on, or if we're learning something about housing vocab, students will be able to go and learn about different types of housing in different countries um, and understand how other people live through authentic resources as opposed to me giving them all of the information. So it's, it's an interesting perspective to, to look at teaching. So you've always been a tech innovator. I've watched you teach for a, a number of years now, and, and you've always been on the forefront. Uh, have you found as a result that you're using more ed tech in the classroom now or less but more purposeful use of ed tech? Um, I think I'm probably using it about the same, but I'm absolutely using it in a very purposeful way now. It's not so much about the cool tool. Here's this tool. Here's this tool. Here's this tool. How can I use them? It's more focused on here are the topics that I need to teach. Here are the goals that I, I have for the students. How am I going to get there? And are there tech tools that connect to that in order to get the students there in a better way, in a more authentic way? And so it kind of turns technology on, the, on its head as opposed to saying, I know how to use Padlet, Flipgrid, and Schoology. I now say, okay, I want an inquiry lesson where students can focus in on learning their grammar, but I don't want to be the person who gives them all their grammar notes. Okay, so now I can take Flipgrid and I can stick it into my lesson on that. 
Is that a good way of saying that? Or do you want me to explain yeah. it again? Oh, okay. no, absolutely. I think that's, that's a great example of, you know, starting with the objective now and working towards the correct tool. Um, you know, whereas I think all of us early on were like, oh my gosh, look at this really cool tool. I have to try to fit this somewhere. Right. And yeah, now yeah. it's, now it sounds like, uh, I have a purpose, you know, and a learning objective that I want to achieve for my students. And I now have three or four tools that I can select from. And so I'm thinking about which tool is going to best meet the need for each child. Yes. And in, in the ESTE certification process, um, I had to hand in a portfolio that gives ideas and lessons and every aspect of the lesson did not have to have technology in it, right? You could have pieces that were on paper, you have pieces that are a discussion and the technology comes in at some point where it makes the most sense, where it enhances what the students are doing, where it allows students to communicate in a way they couldn't communicate before. So it's a it's a different way of using technology. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Now, you mentioned you have to, uh, as part of the process, put together a portfolio of evidence to show how you've you know, approached learning in, in the classroom from a student center perspective, as well as uh, integrating ed tech in a purposeful way. Did you have a favorite ed tech strategy or a favorite project uh, that you were really proud to include in your portfolio? I think I had, I had two, I think, that I really liked um, and that I thought really kind of changed um, the perspective on how I taught certain things. Um, the first one, uh, I'm a language teacher, and so I have to teach grammar. It, uh, it comes with the territory, but giving grammar notes is never my favorite thing to do, and it's never the student's favorite thing to do. Um, and so what I ended up doing during this portfolio is I created an, an inquiry-based note-taking process where I am a piece of the puzzle for the notes, and the students are actually taking control of taking the notes themselves. So the process kind of goes where um, they have a website where they practice verbs. I tell them ahead of time they don't know how to conjugate the verbs. And they practice conjugating the verbs and write down correct conjugations. And then they take guesses. Well, what might be the rules, right? They already have an idea of what conjugating verbs means. So what might be the rules? And then once they've done that, they then get different options on how to take the notes. One of the options is always me. Sometimes students feel comfortable getting it from me, but students would also have the option of getting the notes through a video and working with a partner. Um, another option would be that they are able to watch an ed puzzle and do it all on their own if they prefer to work on their own. But they're getting the notes however they feel comfortable getting them and using technology if they need it. And after they get the notes, they take um, a post assessment so I can see where they're at. So they go through, okay, here's the notes. Now put the notes into use. And they have on Schoology, I have different options for students to, okay, you know, conjugate these verbs, now take a verb quiz on Schoology. And once they've done that, that would be like their first day of work. And I look at it and the second day of work, they then get differentiated work based on how well they understood what they did the day before. It's a lengthy process for taking notes, but I find that when I go through that process where the students are in charge from start to finish, and once they've finished, I then differentiate and put them into separate groups based on what they've understood. I've had a lot more success with students being able to actually use the verbs as opposed to just, you know, we learned the grammar. It's in a notebook somewhere to the side that, you know, Mrs. Rivera is going to beg me to look in later. But I took the notes and I don't want to look at them again. And so this has been a much more interactive way. And I don't you in explaining that 
technology was never the very first thing I mentioned because it was all about differentiation and um, students taking responsibility of their learning, but there's technology integrated in. Schoology is used in there, Edpuzzle, Conjugemos. I use um, different quiz apps to do all of that. And so they facilitate the learning, but they're not the sole focus of the learning for students. That's fantastic. And it sounds like that project that you just explained is really grounded in constructivist methodology as well. The idea that students are presented with information, but are really constructing meaning along the way for themselves. So what a great example of putting the kids in the center of the thinking and using technology as a tool to assist, but not be the focus. So uh, it sounds like this is a pretty uh, pretty rigorous process that you went through. I mean, you know, I, I think especially the, the part where you are engaged in the portfolio construction after all that work in the online coursework. Um, do you have any advice for someone who might be listening today and might be interested in trying uh, to move forward with the certification process for themselves? Yeah, um, I think there's two things. Um, The first thing I I do wish that I had done it with someone from the district where I could have bounced ideas off of them, had kind of a partner to work with on, you know, okay, we're going to work on portfolios. It was nice to have a big open global community, but it would have been great to have someone who knows this curriculum and would be able to work through it with me. I, I will say that. And the second thing is not to be afraid to really look at the way that you teach and be ready to kind of change things up, try new things. Um, not be afraid to um, put new things into practice and kind of see how they work. And then, you know, there was a lot of experimentation where I would try something and parts of it would work, part of it would not. And I would have to go back to the drawing board and kind of adjust and fix and change. And so being ready to kind of do that, I will say that being able to do that and look at what I was doing and, and weigh it against the standards, see how it worked in the classroom and then come back and adjust really improved the way that I teach and changed the way that I look at making lessons and planning out units and and everything like that. That's great. So having the idea of having a friend to do it with and also being fearless, you know, jumping in and saying, I'm going to try something. It may or may not work the way I want it to, but reflection is, you know, where all the growth professionally is going to happen. So what a great experience. And thank you for modeling that for the rest of us. I'm actually intrigued in this process myself and may consider doing this uh, next year uh, as well, just to, to see what that process looks like. So I'll be knocking on your door if I if I go in that direction and uh, right along the way. <laughs> no, <too. laughs> absolutely. Knock on the door. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much for joining me today to talk about your experience with the ISTE certification process. And if any listeners would like to learn more about becoming an ISTE certified educator, feel free to reach out to Rachel to learn more. You can also contact Maria Marigo in the Brighton Teacher Center or me, and we can connect you directly to the resources you need to engage in this fantastic professional development opportunity. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Teach Fest podcast. I hope you found today's insights helpful and relevant to your classroom practice. This episode's theme music is an original composition by Brighton High School junior Lily Odehambo. Many thanks to Lily for her work to create this beautiful piece. And Strews, you rock. Mark your calendars. This year's Teach Fest conference is scheduled for Wednesday, July 7th, and will feature a full day of sessions 
designed to support your professional development with ideas just like the one you heard today. In the meantime, keep on innovating. <laughs>